Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. California is going all in on vote by mail, and this year they're planning to mail ballots to every registered voter in the state because of COVID 19. But some people are still going to vote in person, and elections officials have been scrambling to make sure we can do it safely. The real message from counties has been save us the stress and vote by mail, but not everyone is going to do that. If you're homeless, disabled, need a translator, or you're just more comfortable voting in person, going to the polls might feel like the better option, even if it's more risky. So it's up to counties to make it safe and to find the space and enough volunteers to make sure that none of these voters get left behind. Today, how the pandemic is going to change how we vote this year. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Dean Lopez, he's a Concord resident. He's been volunteering as a poll worker uh, since 2000. Guy Marcerati is a reporter and producer for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. And really, as I talked to him, came off as civic-minded, very community-oriented. I'm a big church time volunteer, always have been. 
He describes himself as someone who really likes interacting with other people, which you do a lot of as a poll worker. You're sitting there at the polls all day. You're answering questions from voters. You're helping other poll workers. And so it really fit into the stuff that he likes to do, which is help out in the community. Well, it's, it's a satisfaction that I'm doing something for the civic good. I'm giving back to the community in a way that uh, a lot of retired people do. And how important are volunteers like Dean to the voting process? If you don't have poll workers, you can't hold an in-person election, period. I mean, you need these people year after year to come in and really help voters through the process. So if their names aren't in the book, we find out why they are, maybe they're in the wrong place. You need the manpower to uh, you know, set up the, the poll infrastructure, answer questions, uh, make sure that there's no problems with voting throughout the day, get people checked in, and then at the end of the day, gather up all the votes and, and return them. You know, voting seems easy if you've done it a lot, but there's often just little questions that come up if you're assigned to a precinct or if you don't find yourself on the voter rolls, if you may be at the wrong location. Um, and especially as, you know, different counties introduce new technologies, there's all kinds of questions that might come up. And you just need people who are there who, you know, don't work for the county government, but are just volunteering for the day to just answer those questions and kind of keep the machine running um, throughout the day to make sure that there aren't really long lines and that voting doesn't become a very laborious process for people who show up. So Dean really loves being a poll worker because of the human interactions. But when he looked at this year and with the spread of COVID-19, he's 67 years old. He says he has underlying health conditions. He just thought all of those interactions that in previous years brought him joy, this year brought him a real grave danger to his health. I just felt as I looked at that whole day and thought about it for several weeks that I just didn't see how I could keep myself safe. Even if you have a, a big plastic thing in front of things, you're still having to interact with people. Um, paperwork is going back and forth. I, I just didn't see how they could keep not only myself safe, but all the other poll workers. If I get it, I'm probably not going to make it. So I have to be very concerned about that for myself and for my family. What are the implications of of people like Dean not being able to volunteer like they usually would? Well, a lot of the poll worker volunteers are exactly like Dean. They're senior citizens who have the time and are interested enough in the civic good to participate in something like volunteering as a poll worker. And so the problem is, as you have that older, more vulnerable population that you're relying on for poll workers, there's a huge risk that you're not going to have these people available on Election Day. And if you don't have poll workers, you can't have in-person voting. And as we've seen in a lot of other states throughout the pandemic, there's been a huge rate of poll workers not showing up on Election Day. So, I mean, these in-person polling places are less safe now because of COVID-19, which means people like Dean won't be helping like they normally would. Is the solution just, hey, everybody just vote by mail? 
That's certainly the solution that California election officials are pushing. Everyone just please vote by mail is what you're hearing from them. But the reality is a lot of people haven't voted by mail in the past and may not vote by mail this year. And so the the real struggle is to make sure there's some kind of in-person voting operation that's able to help the folks who are still going to show up to the polls. And there are a handful of states across the country that have successfully done vote by mail for years. What is the big deal? Yeah, you're right. There's, you know, states, Colorado, Utah, they've transitioned almost entirely to vote by mail. And actually, California is on its way to doing the same. I would, you know, kind of look at it like running around a track. California has slowly built up over the years to now about 75 percent of voters get mailed a ballot. So they've made it three quarters around the track, kind of at a jog, at a steady pace. And now it's really the last 100 meters to fully sending every voter a ballot is a full sprint. And the real challenge uh, for Election Day is whether they can get there sending out a ballot to every voter while still providing some in-person option and doing so in an efficient way. Voting by mail or ballot drop-off sites actually kind of seem like the safest and most straightforward solutions for voting in a pandemic. So you don't have to be around people. You don't need the volunteers necessarily as much as you might need in in the traditional polling setting. So why do we still need the in-person voting? Well, a lot of people still rely on in-person voting. Um, And the great fear is, you know, shifting away from in-person voting will come at the expense of black voters, Latino voters, voters looking for language or specific disability access assistance, homeless Californians, or even people who are more transient by nature, college students who may be moving around a lot more frequently this ballot is going to be sent to the last address that's on file. And, you know, if you if that's not updated and you have moved, you're at risk of not receiving that ballot and then be put in a position where you have to go vote in person. And so the real danger in doing a full shift to vote by mail is leaving those groups out, which is why California is committed to having some kind of in-person voting. But the balance is really tricky because there's fewer resources this year. Counties are struggling just to provide the basic necessities for in-person voting, voting sites, poll workers. Um, And so the real message from counties has been save us the stress and vote by mail. But not everyone is going to do that. There are different reasons why not everyone is comfortable voting by mail yet. There's some research that suggests while Black and Latino voters are worried about voting in person due to COVID, about two-thirds also believe that a vote in person is more likely to get counted than vote by mail. All of this means that counties need enough places and people to safely have in-person voting and avoid long lines. And right now, they have a lot of flexibility to do what they think is best. You know, when this whole pandemic voting planning started, a lot of counties said we're not going to be able to carry out the vote like we were in years past. We are not going to be able to find as many voting sites because all these smaller voting sites are kind of off the table. We're not going to be able to find enough poll workers because... Our longtime poll workers are saying they're opting out this year, so we don't have the resources to work with it. So let us proceed with fewer resources. And the state has basically said, to a certain extent, that's okay. You can have fewer in-person opportunities. What we'll do from the state's end is just really encourage people to vote by mail. How easy is it for a county to set up an in-person voting center? 
Well, in the past, it's been pretty easy because counties rely on the same places year after year. Many voters, they may have a neighborhood garage that they've been voting in for decades. But this year, the pandemic is changing a lot of that because with the physical distancing requirements that exist, a lot of places, whether it be a cramped neighbor's garage or a a lobby of a senior center, are no longer safe to hold an in-person vote. So counties are going to have to change the paradigm and figure out larger places. And they're getting creative. There's some counties that are turning to sports arenas. We're seeing that in Sacramento. The Kings Arena is going to be used for in-person voting. Other counties are renting out large hotel ballrooms where they're going to be able to hold the vote. But this transition is difficult because it's requiring a whole new recruitment effort of voting sites. It's also expensive. And this is a year where every part of state and local government is uh, really hampered by the recession and has less money to work with. And counties are really having to be creative about how they find new sites. What are the consequences of all of this discretion for the counties for voters? Like from the voter perspective, how could this be confusing for you on the day to day if you want to vote in person? Yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity for voter confusion because of the fact that each county is kind of taking a slightly different path here. It starts with where do I vote? Some counties are saying we're keeping the same number of polling places open. You largely won't see a change. San Francisco is saying we're able to do that. We're not going to see a big change in the in-person vote. Other counties are saying we're going to have to eliminate a lot of polling places. We just we either can't staff them or we can't find a safe enough location. And so voters who may be used to going to a the same polling place year after year after year might suddenly have a new polling place to go to or may be able to vote anywhere in the county. So those are all changes that voters will have to deal with on election day. And then there's the wild card of what happens if, you know, there's a sudden outbreak of coronavirus and poll workers don't show up to a certain location. Does that location suddenly close on election day or those voters rerouted to another precinct? Can they instead vote anywhere in the county? Those are all more of the last minute questions that could come up because of the virus. And how are elections officials that you've talked to across the Bay Area trying to prepare? What they're really focusing on right now is a huge poll worker recruitment effort. So they really want to find both younger poll workers because a lot of these older poll workers, like the Dean Lopez types, may not show up this year and have opted out. So they're trying to find younger poll workers and specifically multilingual poll workers because by law, counties have to recruit bilingual poll workers. A court ruling has even added to the languages that have to be covered if there's a large enough population. So they're looking for poll workers like Rohan Chakrabarti. So my name is Rohan Chakrabarti. I'm from San Ramon, California. And are you old, like are you old enough to vote yourself, or or will this be the first election when you turn 18? Uh, no, I am still not able to vote. And he volunteered for the first time in March. He says he's trying to talk to his classmates, trying to convince others to do it for a lot of the same reasons that Dean Lopez says he likes being a poll worker. It's for that feeling that you're giving back to the civic good. So I would say to my fellow high school students that it's a great opportunity for them to experience what it's like to be a poll worker and see how the election process works. And moreover, it's very important now, currently at this year, because of the virus, to join to help the elderly. A lot of counties in the Bay Area are asking the state for help. So the state has set up this new portal where you can go and volunteer. Um, And there's really an effort to find poll workers who especially younger poll workers who could help out this election and then maybe be someone that that the counties can rely on for years to come. 
Guy, when you look ahead to voting season, what are the best case and worst case scenarios for in-person voting in California and the Bay Area? The best case scenario for in-person voting is fewer people vote in person. I mean, that's really what the state is saying. They really want folks to receive the ballot that every voter is being mailed and send that in. Now, the worst case scenario is really, let's say there's another outbreak of COVID-19 near Election Day. And honestly, here in the Bay Area, we should be concerned about other things. What if there's a wildfire in, in certain counties near Election oh Day? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anything that would create a sudden change for in-person voting really is uh, adding a change to already precarious plans because each county is really putting forward their own plan and any change to that could just add more confusion to voters about where do I actually vote on election day. How prepared would you say California is for this moment? I think the state has taken early action to really push the vote by mail piece of this. Um, You saw that through legislation. Now you're seeing it through a huge kind of public awareness campaign, even changing the messaging around Election Day. You ask officials now, they say it's not Election Day. It's just the last day to vote. And so you're really seeing this push to get voters to fill out their ballots at home and mail them in early. And despite all the noise on the national level around vote by mail, in California, it's really clear. Every voter will be mailed a ballot. It's the in-person vote that actually worries me more because there's a lot more opportunity for variance county by county on how things are going to go. And it's we're seeing a struggle to recruit poll workers. We're seeing a struggle to find appropriate voting sites. I think there's a lot more opportunity for things to go awry. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. California isn't the only one struggling to find volunteers to work the polls. The whole country is. Power the Polls is a new initiative trying to get young and low-risk volunteers to work the polls on Election Day. And they're doing it with the help of people like Billie Eilish and Trevor Noah. But in this critical moment, we are facing a nationwide poll worker shortage. This could mean fewer polling places, long lines, and people being denied the right to vote. This is your chance to save granny, protect your democracy, and get paid. If you want to learn how to help with elections in your own neighborhood, check out the link in our episode notes. This episode of The Bay was produced by Shannon Lynn and Alan Montecilio. The Bay is made at your local public radio station, KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk Friday. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.